I see a lot of cannabis use. I see a lot of caffeine use. I see a lot of alcohol use. Alcohol is the dangerous one. Any alcohol actually seems to enhance the or increase the total causes of death in your life. So wow. um, there's really no safe, safe level of alcohol at all. Hey, high performers. In our tip today, Dr. Andrew Hill, lead neuroscientist, is telling us about the effects of marijuana and alcohol on the brain. And does it have effects? I think you'll be shocked at what he has to say. Let's hop into it with Dr. Andrew Hill. I'd like to talk a little bit about the effects of alcohol and drugs on the brains. And I'm, I'm guessing you've probably seen directly uh, either alcoholics or drug abusers or even uh, maybe using them on an occasional basis, how it affects the brain and the health benefits versus how much it can actually damage the brain. In terms of the effects of drugs and alcohol on the brain, there, there's some effects, but they're not that acute unless the drugs or alcohol are active. The big one I see a lot of, I mean, I see a lot of cannabis use. I see mm -hmm. a lot of caffeine use. I see a lot of alcohol use. Alcohol is the dangerous one. Chronic drinking, you know, even not a lot high, high levels, but frequent drinking for many, many months will produce a brain that is very, very tolerant and dependent on alcohol. Mm -hmm. And what you end up in the absence of alcohol is in a brain that has lost its ability to downregulate and to go into this sort of you know, lower tones. So the chronic alcoholic, in the absence of alcohol, the brain looks like they're in chronic pain or chronic activation. They can't fall asleep, can't turn their mind off, they're shaky, they're nervous. And those states, once sort of taught by the alcohol through the behavior, can be really hard. Decades later, you can still have this over-aroused brain. So, you know, I, I don't think there's really any safe level of alcohol. We used to think that some alcohol be beneficial and there's been some studies recently showing that any alcohol actually seems to enhance the or increase the total causes of death in your life. So wow. um, there's really no safe level of alcohol at all you know, in terms of cardiovascular health. It's better not to have any. And then, you know, most of the drugs are much less, uh, most lifestyle drugs, recreational, you know, politically uh, sort of appropriate drugs, if you will, are mm -hmm. not all that severe, you know, in terms of health risks. And some even have some benefits. I mean, coffee, hugely beneficial. And a study came out recently showing the upper limit for coffee is much, much higher. Than we thought it was Interesting. Like 26 cups a day or something is where the health benefits start to act, where you still have a drawback as long as you can tolerate the caffeine you know anxiety and cardiovascular activation and things um the health risks seem to show up around in, you know more than two dozen cups of coffee i think it was 26 27 cups of coffee is where it really started to show up you know huge right when right. people have lots of cardiovascular events from caffeine it's not coffee typically it's things like energy drinks with unusually um you know specific amounts of not just caffeine, but other activating chemicals in them. Yeah. I think there should have lots of caffeine and coffee specifically, but you know, no alcohol. And then the cannabis, you know, there's no one's ever died from cannabis and there doesn't, doesn't be any physiologically habit forming. And um, it seems to have a lot of other issues. If, if you're pro anxiety or you have some, you know, history of psychosis or bipolar or other instability type of brain things, then cannabis is going to drive up your, your likelihood of being unstable. It's going to throw you off. Mm -hmm. And if you're ADHD or have other issues of motivation or you seek high stimulus things, well, maybe, you know, something that works against your, you know, best interest a little bit sometimes, but not the way an illicit substance was necessarily any more than anything stimulating. Like you can get into serious trouble with substances, but you can get into serious trouble with television or sex or food. You know, you're not going to stop eating. Um, right. You don't have to stop watching television. You can. But when we think about lifestyle things, it becomes about optimizing choices. And every, every food thing we eat has the potential of being healthy or not. And we can be orthorexic about it and dial in incredibly rigid behavior and do only things that are super healthy for us. Eating perfectly keto and anti-inflammatory and 
you know, no allergens and all the good, you know, whatever vegetables is great. And then you walk by a donut shop and fall into a coma because you smelled some starch, you know, because you're not okay. metabolically flexible anymore. I think you should really figure out for you. Some of these things are very personal, diet, exercise, lifestyle, you know, even things like meditation have contemplative and prayerful kind of aspects for some people. Very personal, the way you implement these things. So you have to figure out what works for you. But once you figure it out, then my advice is to try to be perfect about 80% of the time and throw okay. caution to the wind and, and know where that line is. But like right. throw caution to the wind. Okay, today's I'm eating, I'm eating cake and donuts and pizza. Okay. You know, most of them I'm keto, but today I'm having starch, you know, right. or whatever. Or today, you know, usually I pray every day or usually I do yoga every single day, but you know, twice a week I'm, or one day, one day a week, I'm going to like sleep in and like not stretch, woo, you know, or something. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care what it is. You know, like the concept of like life cheat days is valid. It's not, it's about flexibility, human experience and performance and health requires ranging of systems, dynamic range. Right. Without that dynamic range, you lose everything. And so I think most lifestyle things that are beneficial improve range or protect range and most things that harm it will uh, impair that range. And that is where drugs get to become a problem. Only in that, in as much as they impair range in physiology regulation or they impair range of choice of behavior because they're really reinforcing. But very quickly that gets away from being about the drug and into being about managing your lifestyle and habits and what you find interesting and rewarding. So, Any feedback on long-term marijuana usage? That's what I'm curious of. I see the brain on people who use cannabis a lot. Okay. On and off cannabis, their brain maps. When, you're, when it's active in your brain, it's absolutely active in your brain. You can see it then. You know, it causes some getting stuck in flow state and being a little bit disinhibited, a little bit you know, more flowy and a little bit more ADHD essentially, and maybe more anxious depending on your, you know, where you started. Mm -hmm. uh, for most brains. But like many substances, what the effect you have on your brain to some extent uh, is determined by where you start, you know, a little bit and who you are to begin with. And um, like I've done a lot of work on nootropic brain changes as well as some cannabis stuff. And it tends to move different directions and based on where you start. The chronic long-term users, I will say in the absence of cannabis, if they're using it every day or often, you know, frequently many times a day, later on, they, um, in the absence of cannabis, uh, if it just washed out for one day, they do look like they're, you know, not as good, not as performant. Right. Having lots of deep washouts, for, you know, for several weeks where they're back to a baseline because they're probably like, you know, a little bit dependent on it if you're using high levels every single day. Sure. Like, like caffeine. I make you come in and do your mapping without caffeine. People do not perform exceptionally well in their attention tests when I make them come in without caffeine. Yeah. You know, is that their baseline? I don't know. But it's at least consistent with the database I'm comparing you with, and it's consistent across the way that I measure you. So again, science, not, not, not medicine here. It's not truth. It's just data. And a question I want to leave you with today, guys, is do you think marijuana or alcohol or other drugs, the harder drugs, caffeine, psychedelics, is doing your brain good or harming your brain? If you like what you're hearing and want to make sure you don't miss any of these high-performance tips, Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. See you on the next episode.